Proverbs chapter 3, let's pray over the word and then we'll get right into it. Father, we thank you tonight for the word of God. We thank you that we have the freedom of the word uh, in our country and in our midst. And Lord, that uh, we have a Bible here in front of us, Lord. Let us be guilty of reading it and studying it and living by it, Lord. And I pray for your anointing upon my life tonight as I preach and minister, Lord. Uh, just uh, let me decrease that you may increase. Let me say what you want me to say, God. And, uh, and I will give you all the glory and honor in Jesus' name. I thank you and praise you. Amen and amen. The, the, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Now, I asked God today to give me a direction for tonight's message, and he put in my spirit trust, trust, just like that. The word came into my spirit, trust, um, because I don't just want to grab something and just say, this is what I'm going to preach. I want to pray and seek the face of God. And, uh, you know, this is more of our Sunday school, kind of, if you will, Thursday school teaching where everybody breaks off in their classes. So I want to do more of a Bible study, you know, <clears throat> type of format, uh, which, uh, and I, so I'm just going to break down this passage tonight, but I asked the Lord, he gave me this direction. We are living in a time of chaos and uncertainty in our world, and you don't have to be a, a rocket scientist to see that, and every facet of our life is affected by the age that we're living in. You know, if you're stressed out or, or concerned or worried, I'll use that word, even though we're not supposed to worry, we do. Worries like a, I read something today, worries like a rocking chair. You know, there's a lot of movement that goes on, but you're not going anywhere. <laughs> a lot of activity, but no progression. Uh, but we're living in a time where there's a lot of uncertainty. A lot of people are going through uh, things and they're seeing things and we're affected by the age that we live in. I don't care who you are, we're affected by it, uh, you know, because we're seeing it and and. and you know, and we just, we don't know, as I say this all the time, what the future beholds. We just know that we must put our faith and trust in the one who holds the future in his hand. You know, I heard a preacher say the 20th, they, uh, he did a survey and he asked uh, about how people felt like the 20th century was. And it was, it was considered a very bad or uh a, a terrible century. There was a lot of things that happened. There was a lot of wars that took place in the 20th century. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know why they call it the 20th century when it was the 1900s, but still, it, that's what it's called, the 20th century. Well, we're living in the 21st century. And at any rate, this pastor asked many people uh, in, in the survey said the 20th century was a very horrific century with a lot of things that took place. I mean, just the World War II alone, the Holocaust and all of the things that have happened in the wars and, and, and everything that has just been in that uh, 20th century was, was bad. But he asked uh, if people felt like the 21st century was going to be better or worse. And the survey came back almost 100% worse. So you, you know, you see the climate of how people really feel. And uh, if, there's, if there's one thing I can say tonight is that we must put our faith and trust in God and hope in the promises that he gives us in his word. 
or we are going to be a, a, a mess, amen, as a, as a person um, mentally, emotionally, even spiritually, if we don't trust in him. One thing I know is things get worse as we come to the close of the age, but we are not without hope. We are the people that have hope. We are the people that have a hope of eternity. We are the people that have a hope of a rapture. Now, I know there's people maybe even sitting in this room tonight that don't believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, but the Apostle Paul made a statement in Thessalonians. He said, he said, comfort one another with these words. What comfort is there if you have to be, as the believers, drugged through the great tribulation? I just don't believe that. I believe that God hasn't appointed us unto wrath, and I believe that He's going to deliver us just like He delivered Noah and the cho- and and. and his family through the flood and lot out of you know uh, uh, Sodom and his family and I believe that there is going to be that rapture of the church I know that it's a fact when it's going to be people differ on that but I have the hope amen that we're going to get out of here amen we may go through tribulation times and we are beginning to see the beginnings of sorrows and but we ain't seen nothing yet church I can tell you uh, but we have a hope in this that there's going to be a rapture of the church. We have a hope of eternity. We have a hope of grace in the times, the difficult times that we live in. We have a hope that all things are working together for the good to those who love God and are the called according to His purpose. Amen? That our life is going to work out as we begin to submit to God and trust Him. We have a hope and a confidence that He that has begun this good work in us will faithfully complete it in us. Amen? What he started, he will finish. Aren't you thankful that God doesn't give up in the midst of the work, but he finishes the work? And thank God he doesn't throw the clay away. Amen? But he starts over. If we're broken, if we're, you know, if there's a mar in that clay, the potter takes that clay and he starts over and he makes a new vessel. He's a God of restoration. He's a God of new beginnings. He's a God of second and third and fourth and fifth and hundredth chances. Thank God tonight for His grace. But we have a hope when we trust in Him. We must settle in our hearts and our will or in a sense our made up mind and decision in our heart that we're going to trust God. How do we do that? Proverbs 3 tells us. He tells us, in the Amplified, he said, Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know and recognize and acknowledge Him, and He will direct and make straight and plain your paths. There are four words of action in this text. Trust, lean, not Acknowledge and direct thy paths. The first three are commandments or commands. They're our responsibility. If anybody tells you that God did it all and you don't have to do anything, they're lying to you. 
because we do have a responsibility. We can't save ourselves, but we must respond in obedience unto faith or in faith. We must respond. We cooperate with the work of God that He is doing. We don't work our way to heaven, but I can tell you we put our faith and trust in Him. We do have a responsibility. And there are commandments here or commands in this passage, in this text, and it's not all up it's not all up to God. It includes our cooperation. But the fourth verb comes with God's promise. You know, if you read it again, here he says there's trust, lean not, and, and, and acknowledge him. And then there's the promise of God that he will direct our paths. That's a promise that he gives us here in the scripture. In other words, don't get into God's business. Do your part and God can be trusted to do his part. Amen. He's a faithful God. He's a faithful God. But we're so prone and guilty to try to put our hands to things. Just do what God told you to do and trust Him and watch how everything unfolds just like God would have it to unfold. Amen? Uh, trust. So we're going to break this down tonight. He says trust. What does it mean when he says trust? Trust in the Lord. This is total confidence, total dependence, and submission unto God. Did you hear me? Total dependence, or total confidence, total dependence, and total submission unto God. He is Jehovah, Yahweh, the covenant-keeping God. Unto a thousand generations. He is the God who has never failed. He's the God that cannot fail. He's the God that cannot lie. Did you know that God is limited? He cannot lie. Bet you didn't know that. He is the God who is able and trustworthy with our past, our present, and our future. Trust in the Lord with your past, your present, and your future because He's able. He's the God, amen, who has redeemed you and I, not with corruptible things, but with the precious blood of Jesus that goes all the way to our past and will be there in our future, amen, as we put our faith and trust Him. And now, we will touch on a lot of things tonight, but I want to start here with past, present, and future and trusting God. Why would we ever need trust for our past? Because the devil revels in keeping God's people captive. You would say, I don't have to trust for my past. It's already over. I'm beyond that. Well, that is true. If you trust in the Lord and looking forward and believing in Him, there's a lot of people that live in their past. There's a lot of people that allow the devil to bring up their past. There's a lot of people that allow people to bring up their past. And, and people can bring it up, but what you do with that determines where you're at in your place in victory. We must trust that our past is forgiven by God. When we allow Satan or people to bring up our past or display it and it disturbs our peace for just a second, we just allow them a greater power and judgment than we do God. Do I need to say it again? When we allow Satan or people to bring up our past or display it 
and it disturbs our peace, even for a second, we've just allowed them a greater power and judgment than we've given to, or than God has in our eyes. That's why we have to trust Him. Don't trust what what took place in the past. Don't trust somebody's judgment of the past. Don't trust the accuser of the brethren that's brought it up from the past. And when we hold on to things and stuff, bitterness, unforgiveness, or whatever, and don't forgive, we are in the seat of judgment over them, showing that we don't trust God to deal with them righteously and justly. Did did you guys understand what I said? You didn't. I said, if we allow the enemy, I'll go back to the first one. If we allow the enemy to allow people or even ourselves to allow things to disturb our peace, what we're saying is, I don't trust God that he forgave my past. And when we hold things over people, What we're saying is, I don't trust God to deal righteously and justly with them. I'm holding on to that. We have to trust God with our past, and we have to trust God with the things that people have done to us in our past. Okay? Amen. That's a deep thought, and you guys, I feel like you almost didn't get it, but we must learn God is trustworthy of the past. The passage says, trust the Lord with all your heart. With all your heart. That's past, present, and future, your heart. Everything that's taken place. That's submitting totally. Casting all of your cares upon Him. Holding back no area of our lives, not our minds, not our emotions, not our decisions. Nothing. We have a tendency to willfully act independently of God. And that has to be brought under subjection. We cannot act independent of God if we trust Him. We trust Him, we're in alignment with God. Where He says we go, what He he tells us to think, how He tells us to feel, or when our feelings get out of alignment with His Word or His Spirit, we have to come in alignment with that. A lot of times we don't. God's over here and we're over here. And He says, you got to bring that over. Amen. I've been there where jealousy had to be brought under subjection where hurt feelings had to be brought under subjection, where whatever it was, sinful or whatever, uh, emotion, the flesh, whatever, had to be brought under subjection. God wants everything brought under subjection. And we have a tendency to act, a tendency to willfully act independent of God. And it has, that, that, that wild read in us of our own will has to be brought under subjection. The expository Bible says man's problem has always been man's will. The heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things and only can be changed. The heart can only be changed by God and kept changed by abiding in Him and the influence of His Holy Spirit and the Word. There were people, I've known people that their heart was so soft at one time. They were so sensitive to the Spirit of God. They were obedient to God, but they got off. And deception creeps in, and a hardness of heart creeps in. And, and they're, they're totally contrary to the Word of God. Amen. But we have to, 
know that our will must be brought under subjection. I was sharing with Angela the other night. I said, one thing that Brother Clendenin taught us, and Pastor Duke, all of us through the, the school of Christ, was you die to yourself. You die to yourself. You die to your will, your emotions, or yourself and flesh. That's what he said. You die to that. And that just that that covers it all. It it brings everything that's you under subjection and everything is submitted to him. Everything is submitted unto God. Because our heart is desperately wicked. He said it in the word of God in Jeremiah. Deceitful above all things. And we come and God changes our heart. But you have to stay there at that place for that heart to stay at that place. That's why we got to abide in him. Amen. Amen. We must be so submitted to God. Why, why must we be so submitted to God is the question. Because we do not have the self-sufficiency to run this race alone. Marinate on that for a second. You can't do it on your own. You can't make it on your own. That branch that is separated from that, from that vine, amen, he is the vine, you are the branch. If it's separated, it will produce nothing. But connected, it produces everything. He said, you can't do anything. You can't produce any fruit on your own. That's why we got to be connected. We don't have any self-sufficiency to run this race alone. That's why he said every day, put on the whole armor. Why do you need to put on the whole armor? Because you don't have the self-sufficiency to keep that mind like God wants you to keep it. That's why you got to put the helmet of salvation on. you got to put that breastplate on. Over your heart because the enemy's trying to hurl those fiery darts to change the way you feel in your heart. Amen. He's trying to change your way of thinking back to that old person. That's why you have to have that belt of truth because if you don't, you'll start believing anything that the enemy brings across your path. We've got to know the word of God and know the truth. And the truth is a person, Jesus so we do not have the self-sufficiency to run this race alone. That's why we must submit ourselves to God. It requires, Jay commands, that we walk by faith, walk in the Spirit, walk in the Word and His righteousness. We desperately need God's involvement in our life because otherwise we will lean on our own understanding. And we cannot lean on our own understanding because our understanding is limited. It's flawed. It's corrupt. It's ours, not God's. It's our judgment, not God's judgment. It's our, uh, you know, idea of righteousness, not God's, or holiness and not God's. It's, it's our, our decision and our heart of what we think is acceptable, unacceptable, you know, our measure of that. And God says, no, I don't want you leaning on your own understanding because it's limited, it's flawed, it's corrupt. I am learning. I, am, I have not learned. I am learning. I'm learning a lot about things. At, 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 at 32 years a Christian, I'm still learning things. But I'm learning that my judgment and my opinions and my perspective can be my own and carnal from my own understanding and not God's at times. And it's limited in its view. 
I may look at something one way and God says, that's not the way I look at it. That's not the way I feel about it. Amen. I'll just give you an example. There have been times, and don't look at me like I'm, you know, I don't have a heart of compassion or anything like that. I'm just being transparent with you. There have been times I've looked at people and I thought, they're never going to serve God. And guess what? They're serving God today. Because you see them through your lens, through your perspective. You know, you don't see them as a treasure out of darkness, that God's bringing out of darkness. You see them as somebody that is so bad and so obstinate and so disobedient and so rebellious that God can't get a hold of them. He can get a hold of them. He can get a hold of him. He may have to take them like he took Nebuchadnezzar and he become a wild man with big old long fingernails and hair and dreadlocks and, you know, out there eating the grass and the dirt. And one day he comes to himself and he comes back and he, he realizes that God is God and he is to be glorified and honored and worshipped. You know, he, he, he can save anybody. He can save and deliver the demoniac of Gadara. When they came back and saw the demoniac of Gadara, they couldn't believe that he was seated and clothed in his right mind at the foot of Jesus. But he was. So God can save anybody. God can deliver anybody. Our judgment is very limited at times. That's why we have to trust in the Lord. That's why we have to acknowledge Him. That's why we have to submit to everything. We have to stay in tune with God because unbelief will come and creep in there and cause you to believe that that person's not, you know, there's no way they could be saved or they could be changed or they could be delivered. You start looking at it from your own point of view instead of God's. And He looks at them with love and He says, look upon them. So I told them, disciples, Look upon the fields, they're white and ripe, ready for harvest. The harvest is ready, it's white, it's ripe. But there's no labors because they don't see that harvest for what it is. They don't see that it's, 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 it's the harvest of God. So, we desperately need God's involvement in our life or we'll lean on our own understanding and uh, it's limited. You know, Martha saw from a limited view. She saw Mary as lazy and derelict in her duty. Oh, and she was mad. <laughs> here I am. I'm a cooking. I've been cooking all day long. And here she is over here sitting at Jesus' feet and just taking all this in. Here I am. She's clanking pans around. Come on, I know some of you ladies, amen, in here. I know. There, there are women in here. You know, it's, they always say, you know, women don't want anybody else in the kitchen. But on the flip side of that, you're like, why aren't they helping? Hey, amen. Come on. <laughs> Come on. So I don't want anybody else in the kitchen. But then you're like, they didn't help me do anything. They didn't lift a finger. Well, what you want? Okay. <laughs> I was going to say something, but I'm not going to say it. But Martha, she's all. And she says, don't you care, Jesus? You know, she didn't even go up to Mary and say, you know what, Mary? Get off your rearing and help me. Why? 
she went up to Jesus and said, don't you care that I'm sitting here doing all this work and she's doing nothing? And Jesus said, Mary's chosen the good part. It's needful. I, I believe, we don't know all the dialogue that was spoken, but I believe he, he, he could have said, you know, Martha, I fed 5,000 people with just a prayer. I f- broke the fish with a few fishes and loaves. You don't think I can just speak a four-course meal into existence? Is it, well, Jesus wouldn't do that. Well, I'm telling you, he could have done whatever he wanted to do. He had the power. But she didn't see it from that viewpoint that the greatest thing is for somebody to be seated at the feet of Jesus. Taken in. Her view was limited. A lot of times we put more emphasis upon working for God than spending time with God. But I'm going to tell you, if we don't have that maintained relationship, we don't have anything to give. So make sure that if you're going to be working for the Lord, that you're spending time at His feet. We must. And uh, trusting in the Lord. Because leaning on our own understanding will cause and has caused churches to get involved in activities and programs and all of these things. And, but the most important thing is the presence of God in our midst. We can never lose the premium of that. We can never lose that, 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 that revelation that that's what's important, nothing else. All those other things are just incidental parts of the ministry, but the most important part is that we're sitting at the feet of Jesus. We need such submission if the fruit of the Spirit is ever to manifest in our life. Amen. We need that kind of submission where we submit at the feet of Jesus. We, when we lean on our own understanding, that's when we make bad decisions not based on the principles of God's Word and God's will. You know, when I was a kid, my next-door neighbor had a four-seater, single-prop, Beechcraft Musketeer airplane. And he would take me out and my brother out. We'd go in that airplane. And, and I look back now and I think, what was my mom thinking, you know? <laughs> it wasn't a Piper or Cessna. It was a, it was a four-seater, so it was a little bit bigger. But, you know... Uh, we would get in the air sometimes and the engine would just stop and he'd start it up again. I thought, what if this thing doesn't start in the middle of the air, you know? But uh, crazy things we did as kids, huh? So here I am and we're up there in that air. But one thing I learned from flying with my neighbor, his name was Bob. One thing that I learned from flying, my brother and I, is that you have to watch and go by your instruments you have to go by the altitude and all of these things, the air pressure, all of this, how the wind is blowing. You have to go with what the radio person is telling you to do. And, uh, and you know, I heard a, a testimony of a man that went up in an airplane and the, and the pilot he was with, he wasn't a pilot, he was just up there by himself with him, and the pilot had a heart attack. And he got on the radio and he's talking to them, and he's like, Mayday, man, I don't know how to fly this thing. They said, you're going to have to do exactly what we tell you. Don't trust what you see. Don't trust, you know, what's in front of you. Trust what we tell you and what those instruments are telling you, and that will bring you down to land this plane. Well, he did. 
he ended up landing it, doing exactly what they told him to do. What I'm trying to tell you is that we try to lean on our own understanding at times instead of the principles in the Word of God. And we cannot, or we are going to find ourselves off on a bunny trail in our life. Even, even in our study and our doctrines, we've got to stay true to the Word of God. There's one thing I can say is I've done my very best not to get off on a fringe a topic or something like that. I stick with this book. And maybe some people in the age that we live in say, well, you're not very cutting edge or you're not very, you know, updated in how the other churches are doing. I don't care. I just know this much. The doctrine that I've been taught and what I've learned from the Word of God is going to get me home to glory and it's going to get you home to glory. Amen, amen, amen. And so just trust in His Word. Trust in the Lord. Lord, with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, don't even lean on what other preachers have said or even I have said, but lean upon God's word, if I'm preaching God's word and I am, you can lean upon that, you can trust in him, but church, I've heard of preachers that were way off and I thought, you know what, no more of that, I'm going to listen to God and his word and if what they're preaching doesn't line up to the word of God, I'm not going to listen to them, and that's why you've got to know your word that's why you've got to know, I'll never forget Priscilla and them, they went somewhere and they were in a parking lot and this lady was trying to teach them, you know, the mother of God, the mother of God. And she said, you know, uh, uh, the, she wasn't even talking about Mary, she's talking about the mother of God, some eternal mother of God. And Priscilla's going, no. She goes, yes, 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 there's a mother. And she said, no. She said, are you speaking about the virgin man? No, 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 the mother of God. And she said, no, there's only God the Father that we read of in the Word. She's trying to pull something out of the Bible that wasn't there. Well, most people go, really? And they take that in. The next thing you know, they're hauled off to some cult. And she said, no, 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 no. Nope, it's not in the Bible. The woman began to get angry with her. Goodbye. You know... If it's not in the book, that's right. Don't even get involved in it. Be very careful. Stay in his word. You know, I was reading John Corson today, and he was talking about how that he, he was skydiving. He's a great preacher at a great church, has great commentaries, but he was skydiving, and he said that as he, which that is something that I will never do. Never, never, never. But he was skydiving, and he said that, the skydiving instructor said, well, the arrow is blowing this way. It was a red arrow. And he said, that's why we have to go a certain direction. And uh, he said, at first, he said, whenever we begin to jump out, I thought, you know, I can go any direction I want to go. But if I go in the direction that I want to go, it's going to take me right into power lines. And we don't want to die. And so he said, I'm going to go the direction that the red arrow is telling us to go with the instructor. So he began to fly over that way because you can turn your body and move in a specific direction when you're skydiving. I don't know that from experience, but I know that because I've seen it. But you can go totally the other way and get caught up in trees or in power lines and die. You have to lean upon that which is telling you the truth. Okay? And in that case, you have to go with your... With, whether you're in a plane or whether you're skydiving or whatever you're doing, you have to trust those, those uh, you know, instruments and all of the science behind that 
or, or you're not going to land safely. We must trust in the Lord in the spiritual sense or we're going to find ourselves off in a place of darkness or in deception, and we don't want to do that. We don't want to be that. We don't want to be deceived, amen? You can't disregard what you're supposed to acknowledge in God's Word. Satan wants you headed directly towards the power lines to kill you, but if in all your ways you acknowledge Him, you will not, you will not, amen, get caught up in that. That's why we have to trust in the Lord. A popular Facebook snippet says, when someone tells you or basically shows you what they are, believe them. When God shows you how faithful he has been, believe him. Amen? Believe him. Acknowledge the fact that he's been faithful 100% of the time. 100% of the time. Acknowledge the fact that His Word will protect you from the pitfalls and strategies of the enemy and of the devil. And ultimately, for you deep believers, acknowledge Him in all your ways and He will direct your paths because they are not the paths of your life but the purpose and eternal will of God that He's talking about here. And the reason I said deep believers is because I want to close with one thought and that is John the Baptist. I want you to think about John the Baptist because we're talking about how that when we acknowledge him he will direct our paths John's mother and father acknowledged acknowledged God they acknowledged what God said they acknowledged the kind of upbringing that John was to have and they deposited that in him because he was the forerunner to Christ and what does the word of God say about John Think about John for just a moment. John the Baptist. Every part of his life included God. It was he acknowledged God. And he was the forerunner. And this was what was said about him. This was his job. To prepare the way of the Lord and make straight those paths in the desert a highway for our God. That was his responsibility. That was his call. That was his purpose. Yes, it was his life he was living, but it was for a greater purpose and glory unto God to debut the Christ. So what am I saying? We understand as believers, our life is not our own. It never was. But if we will acknowledge him, if we'll trust him, lean upon, if we'll trust in the Lord with all of our heart, and not lean upon our own understanding and acknowledge him, In all of our ways, He will direct our path. And the direction of our path, think about this. The direction of our path is God leading us into His eternal purpose and glory. Amen. His eternal purpose for our lives. That's that straight path where He's taken us. A lot of times we think it's just our lives and it just involves our little lives down here upon this earth but it doesn't it doesn't think about it if just my life alone if i had not obeyed god would we be here tonight okay and just go back over the last year or two the things that have happened would they have happened would the preachers that have come across our path would the the power of god that's fallen in our midst would the salvation that's come from you being in a service have happened if the church was never in existence. But as we acknowledge God, He directs every and orders every step that we take so that we fall in line in the perfect will of God 
In everything you do, acknowledge Him. You want to know what the will of God is? Just acknowledge God in everything and He will direct your path. Amen. Don't say, I'm hoping to find a man. God's going to give me a man. And then you go to the bar to try to find one. Or to some other means. You know, you laugh. One time I had five different women in this church that were on websites looking for a man. I'm going to tell you something that's dangerous. I don't have time to go into all of it because we're way past our time. I'm just simply saying to you that when you say, I'm going to trust God, I want the will of God for my life, He will lead you and guide you because you don't want an Ishmael. You don't want a plan B. You don't want to make the wrong decision or uh, do something that's going to be catastrophic in the will of God happening in your life or not happening. And so He will direct your path because it will be His path for His purpose as you begin to submit yourself unto Him. I want to close with this scripture. And I'm not going to preach all night, but I want to close with this scripture. I just want to read this to you. And you know what? I'm going to read it out of the Amplified here. I had it already here open in front of me. But he says here in Psalms 37. Turn there with me and I'll read this and then we'll close in prayer. Psalms 37, starting with verse 3. Now I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. So, you know, and we're going to go down to verse 11. But he says, trust Lean on, rely on, and be confident in the Lord, and do good. So shall you dwell in the land and feed surely on His faithfulness, and truly you shall be fed. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He will give you the desires and secret petitions of your heart. That's powerful. People want what's the things that are in their heart, but that's not what's in God's heart. Amen. But what's in God's heart, He will put in your heart, and His desires will be your desires. I never ever thought that I would ever pastor a church. I never had a desire to pastor a church until God put that desire in my heart as I delighted myself in Him. And I can only use my experience because I don't have another experience to draw off of but my own. This isn't to say, look at me, I'm sharing with you. I spent time delighting myself in the Lord, and one day he told me, you're going to start a church. That is my will for your life. Amen. So he goes on to say, Commit your way to the Lord. Roll and repose each care of your load on him. Trust, lean on, rely on, and be confident. Also in him, and he will bring it to pass. He will make your uprightness and right standing with God go forth as the light and your justice and right as the shining sun of the noonday. Be still and rest in the Lord. Wait for Him and patiently lean yourself upon Him. Fret not yourselves because of Him who prospers in His way, because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourselves. It tends only to evil doing. For evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait and hope and look for the Lord in the end shall inherit the earth. 
For yet a little while, and the evildoers will be no more. Though you look, though you look with care where they used to be, they will not be found. But the meek in the end shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean upon your own understanding. It's limited. Don't lean upon your own thoughts, your own feelings, your emotions. Because I can tell you, if they don't line up to God's, then they're wrong. But if you lean upon Him, you acknowledge Him in every way, He will direct your path in every area. Amen. Trust God. Trust Him. In the times we're living in, don't don't take a job unless God tells you to take it. Don't go on a date unless God tells you to go on it. Amen. Don't purchase something unless God tells you to do it. You hear me? Don't do it. Do what God tells you to do. Acknowledge Him in everything. I don't care what you're doing. Acknowledge Him in everything. Have I made mistakes? Too many. We don't have enough time for me to tell you all the mistakes I've made. Because I did not inquire and talk to God about it before. But I've come too far now in faith to, to make those mistakes. I'm telling you, I'm not saying that I can or I, or I, I won't or I'm not, the, the possibility's not there. I'm telling you, I've learned enough. I've got enough scars and enough, been through enough things to understand and know I don't want to be out of God's will. I want to trust Him and submit to Him and acknowledge Him and do what He tells me to do. And He will order every step that I take and you'll walk right smack dab in the will of God. Amen. Father, tonight we thank You for the Word. And uh, I just ask you to let it sink down deep in our hearts. It's more of a study, and I thank you for that. But I pray that you cause us, Lord, to get in your word and surface. Let that word surface in our heart and give us understanding and direct us and lead us and guide us. And I pray your blessing of grace upon each and every one tonight, that you cover us and protect us and bring us back at the appointed time. And God, we give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you tonight as you go.